Thank you for tuning into A Spirit-Led Life with HMI. We hope you enjoyed today's session with Pastor Dion Hockey. Hello everybody, welcome to today's session. I'm Dion Hockey from Healing Ministries International. And I'm so glad that you could join me as we continue on this wonderful subject of having a personal revival. I believe it is of utmost importance that the church is revived today. Revival does not start in your church. Revival starts at home in your house with your personal walk with God. And I want to teach you the scriptures on how you can develop your relationship with God and how you can get into that personal walk with the Lord. I'm glad that you've joined me. We have a website, www.dionhockey.org. You can follow me on there. If you'd like to sow a seed, you are welcome to go onto our website and you can go onto the sowing tab and sow a seed. You can follow us on Facebook. Remember, every day, uh, Monday or Sunday until Friday, every day, 7 p.m., we have live sessions. We pray for the sick, we minister to people, and so you can follow us on Facebook as well and on Instagram. I would like to pray for you this morning and then ask the Lord to touch you in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that we can come together, that we can minister the Word of God. We thank you that you are watching over your Word to perform your Word. I pray, Father God, that revival will come to each and every one of us that is watching this program. We desperately need you, Lord, in the time that we are living in. We need to be revived. We need to be equipped to go out and to do the work of the ministry. So, Father, I pray that you will bless the listeners in the name of Jesus. And if you agree, can you say amen to that? Last week I started on the subject and I quickly want to recap what I said. And uh, we read from Psalms 85 and we were speaking about the psalmist. And it says this, verse 6, this is Psalm 85, verse 6, that says, Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I like that word where he says, will you not revive us again? Remember, we were dead in our sins. We gave our hearts to Jesus. We got born again. So we were vived. We were made alive. Amen. So as time goes on, as I spoke last week, we become church accustomed. And when we become church accustomed, you know, we, we can fall into the traditions of the church and we can learn the church lingo, the church language. We know when to shout amen. We know when to say hallelujah and all of that. But on the inside, we're not as passionate as we used to be. Our spirits have, have I want to use the word, almost fallen asleep or we've, we've become lazy and tired. So we don't read the Bible and we don't pray like we used to. We don't witness like we used to. We just go through the motions. That tells me that you have backslidden and that you are not in that full relationship with Jesus as you should be. So your spirit man needs to be revived. Amen. And remember what I said last week? I said the, the, the Oxford Dictionary explains the word revival as the following. It is the reawakening of a religious zeal or fervor for God. So that fire, that passion we once had for God needs to be woken up again. We need to put, almost want to say, put petrol on the flames, you know, to throw, to throw petrol just to get that big explosion and get that fire going again. So there are many people who have lost their joy. This is why I like it. He says, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? 
And this is the sad part of most Christians today, that they go to church out of a form of tradition. They go to church because they feel they have to go. They don't want to go, but they know they have to go. And we mustn't fall into that place where I have to go to church. I'm going to go to church because I want to go to church and I want to serve Jesus. Amen. So you need to look at your own life and search your own heart and see if you are in a position where you have backslidden and grown cold in God. I want to read Psalm 51 verse 10, which we covered last week as well. <clears throat> Psalm 51 verse 10. And remember, this is King David who is speaking. And I like it. The Bible speaks about King David as a man after God's own heart. God really loved King David. Yet King David had so many problems in his life. He, he had so many mistakes in his life. Let's read verse 10. He writes, he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Wow, that always catches me. Even though I spoke about it last week, I want to say it again. Why would King David ask God for a clean heart? Why would he ask God to create a clean heart? I believe the answer is simple. It's because he had a dirty heart. And when we have a dirty heart, that means there's sin in us. So the first step to a personal revival, and I want you to take note of this. The first step to a personal revival is to acknowledge that there is sin in your life, to repent of your sin, and to turn back to God. That is the first thing you need to do. Amen? Many times, when I, even as a minister, I find myself, my mind going into different ways of thinking, you know, or... I find that I get angry or I find, you know, that there's fear or doubt that comes. I repent of that. I ask God to forgive me, Lord, help me that I won't fall in the trap that Satan has. You know, uh, John 10.10 10 says he's come to steal, to kill and to destroy. But Jesus has come to give us life and life more abundantly. So we have to guard our hearts against the devil and how he will try to steal us away from God. So King David says, create in me a clean heart of God. Watch this one. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. We mustn't be these seesaw Christians, you know, up one day, down the next day, up one day, down the next day. Go to church one day, skip church the next Sunday, you know, uh, pay my tithe, skip my tithing. We, we, we mustn't live like that. God wants us to live a constant life before him. And there's many Christians who don't know how to do that. They don't know how to live a constant life with God. So this is why I'm teaching you this, so that you can learn how to, how to live that full life in Christ Jesus. Watch verse 11. He says, Do not cast me away from your presence. Wow. Don't take me away from your presence. Do you know there are four ways of getting into God's presence? It's simple. I, I, and I believe every Christian needs to do this Every day we need to live in the presence of God. How do you get into God's presence? Real easy. These are the four steps, basic steps that you and I should live every day. We need to, number one, pray. When you pray, you're coming to the Father and you're speaking to the Father in the name of Jesus. When we pray, we are entering into God's presence. Number two, read the Bible. It is very important to read the Bible because the Bible is God's word. That's where he speaks to us. That's where he guides us, gives us information, leads us and helps us. Amen. So it's very important that you need to learn to speak the word 
or, or, or read the Bible. Number three, worship God. It is important that you and I live a lifestyle of worship where we can magnify God and honor God every day because the Bible says God inhabits the praises of His people. He lives amongst the praises. Another translation says He walks amongst the praises of His people. So when we worship God, then God will be in our very midst. Number four, the Bible says do not neglect the gathering of the saints. Don't neglect going to church. Don't neglect going to a home cell group or a study group or a Bible study group or a prayer session. Because the more we can be involved with church and the people of God, the less we give opportunity for Satan to come in and steal from us and take away, you know, that privilege of being with God. Satan is always, the Bible says in Peter, he walks around like a roaring lion seeking those whom he may devour. The devil is constantly prowling, looking who he can pounce upon, who he can jump upon, so that he can steal you away from God and from God's presence. So we need to go to church and stay in fellowship with God's people. That way we protect ourselves from the enemy from attacking us. Now look at verse 12. I didn't read this last week, but I want to read to you this one because we are on the topic of salvation, uh, of a revival, personal revival. Verse 12 is such a powerful verse. He says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. This is what King David is saying. He's saying, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Why? Verse 13 is the answer. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Amen. This is what we want. We want to see people come to know Jesus Christ. If you've forgotten, my dear friend, what the purpose of Jesus is, what the purpose of Christianity is on the earth today, I just want to remind you, let me, you know, if you, if you took the earth and we were looking at a telescope at the earth and if we zoomed out, let's say we were rather, you know, in the stars looking at the earth, many times we, we zoom right into the earth and you can only see a little picture. But if you zoom back, the picture gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So you can now get to see the whole picture if you understand what I'm saying. So I want to give you the big picture of what Christianity and Jesus is all about. Remember, there is something called a heaven and there is something called a hell. And so people who don't know Jesus are going to go to hell. People who do know Jesus are going to go to heaven. There is a big word in the English that the, this word is called forever. Forever. Do you know it's a little common word that we use, but I don't think we understand the greatness of the word which is called forever because you will go to hell forever or you will go to heaven forever. This word forever means it's never going to stop. It's never going to come to an end. It's going to be forever and ever and ever. It's not a week. It's not a, se a season. It's not for a couple of years. It's going to be forever. Friend, you have to understand it. And as a Christian, you and I have to get the compassion of Jesus. We've got to understand that the people who do not know Jesus Christ are going to go to hell.
and they're going to burn in what is called the lake of fire. Forever and ever and ever and ever, they're going to be burning in this lake of fire. They will be tormented day and night. They will not sleep. They will not rest. They are going to suffer. I don't want to make you afraid, but I'm sharing to you the truth of what hell is going to be all about. Forever and ever and ever. Think about this. They will never be released out of that fire. Never. Somebody would say, well, what kind of a God do we serve that he would send people to that place? A gracious God, a loving God, because God so loved the world. Think about this. Here's the good news that he gave his only begotten son. John 3 verse 16. He gave his only begotten son that those who will believe on Jesus, call on the name of Jesus, will be saved and have everlasting life. So God is not punishing people by sending them to hell. That's not what God is doing. God is giving us a free will choice while we are still alive on this earth. And while you are listening to my voice, God is giving us the opportunity to repent of our sins, to turn from our wicked ways, to call on the name of Jesus, to believe in Jesus so that we can now spend eternity with God in heaven. Do you believe that? I believe that this is such a loving father that he understood when hell was created. He did not create it for mankind. He created for Satan, excuse me, and his demons. He created it for the devil and the demons because they rebelled against God when they were in heaven. And so God kicked them out. And because of the rebellion, hell was created. Now people are doing the same thing. They are rebelling against God. They are turning away from God. And so they are going to spend eternity with the devil in hell. But God says, no, I will make a way for mankind, for humanity. He didn't make a way for the devil, but he made a way for for mankind so that mankind could believe on Jesus and call on the name of Jesus and get saved. Amen. And when you and I get born again, when we get saved, this is the good news. We understand, praise God, I'm not going to go to hell and spend eternity in hell, but I am now born again. And so God gives me, God gives you, the ones who are born again, the ability to take this good news and share it with other people. You cannot become a Christian and keep the good news to yourself. It, it is wrong. You can't do that. That is selfish. You need to take this good news. You need to share it with other people so that they know that they know, like I know, like you know, we are going to spend eternity with God in heaven. Now, because this process seems a long time and people, you know, saying, well, you know, tomorrow is another day. We cannot have this mentality. This is why Christians are backsliding. This is why Christians are growing cold because they don't see the, the necessity of being excited or being on fire for God. And I'm hoping that by my speaking to you today, that there is a there is an urgency released within your heart that you will get up and go out and tell people, about Jesus. And if you're not doing that, friend, you have backslidden and this is why you need to be revived. Amen. We need to be revived to remind ourselves that we can go out and win souls for Jesus. Saying all of that, listen to verse 12. He says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. When you got saved, were you sad about it? 
or were you happy? <laughs> Think about that. When you got saved and you received this good news, the knowledge of I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven, there's going to be no suffering, there's going to be no pain, there's going to be no sadness, there's going to be no war, there's not going to be hunger, there's not going to be nothing, there's just going to be joy. Isn't that good news? When you got saved, didn't you say, Yay, hallelujah, I'm going to be with God. Or when you got saved, you said, Oh, well, I suppose I have to give my heart to Jesus now. And, you know, I must probably have to go to church and i got to stop my drinking and my smoking and all of that, you know, and i got to become orally. No, salvation is a joy. Salvation is good news, praise God. And when we get saved, we want to share this good news with all the people. Now, King David is saying, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me by your generous spirit. Now, God gives us his Holy Spirit to help us to share this good news with other people. Remember in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus gives this profound promise and he says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So God sent us a helper. He sent us the Holy Spirit to empower us to be effective witnesses for Jesus here on earth to share this good news. We cannot do it on our own. It's not by might, the Bible says, nor by power, but it's by the Holy Spirit, bless God. And when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we can go out and be far more effective in the work that we are doing for Jesus. Are you understanding that, friend? I want you to be revived today. I want you to understand that it is the Holy Spirit that will uphold you. It is the Holy Spirit that will empower you. Now listen to what he says. Verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation. By the way, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. In other words, how do Christians lose their joy? How do Christians become weak? It is when they lose their joy. When they lose that excitement about Jesus, when they lose that, that, that knowledge, that knowing that God loves me and that God can use me and wants to use me. It is when Christians fall into a tradition and that's when they backslide, they lose their joy. The Bible says the joy is my strength. So when you see Christians that are witnessing and Christians that are smiling, if you see Christians that are always bubbling over and they, you know, they just seem to not be able to stop talking about Jesus, then you know that is the Christian who is who's spending time with God. That's the one who is in the presence of God because it's God's presence strengthening him and filling him up to go out and to spread this good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we need God's joy to uphold us, the power of God to strengthen us. Now, when we have this joy, watch this now. He says, then I, this is verse 13. Are you listening? He says, then I, who's the I? That's you. It's not your pastor. It's not the apostle or the prophet or the evangelist that is going to do the work of God. It is you personally. He says, then I will teach transgressors your ways. And here's the big one. Sinners shall be converted to you. Praise the Lord. Sinners will be converted to you. Can I ask you a question? How many people have you got saved lately? 
How many people have you led to Jesus lately? Have you witnessed to people? Have you told people about Jesus? If you haven't led a soul to Jesus in, 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 the, you know, in the last couple of weeks, uh, something is wrong. You've lost that joy because the joy of the Lord gives me the strength and it helps me to get sinners converted. A lot of people go to church and a lot of people say, well, it's the pastor's job to get people saved. No, you've got it wrong. Ephesians 4.11 says that God gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. To do what? Verse 12, to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. So it is not the pastor's job to get people saved. It is your job. You who are looking at me. It is your job. I am equipping you. God is equipping you. Uh, the fivefold ministry is equipping you, the congregation member, the church uh, person, to go out and win souls. It is the great commission. Remember what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Jesus gives us the commandment and he says, go. It is everybody's responsibility. We must go and we must do what? Make disciples of all the nations and we are to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is the commandment of God, is to go and preach this gospel. It is to go and witness. It is to go and tell people about Jesus who went to the cross and died for us and gave his life for us. Amen. It is necessary for you to be equipped by God to go out and to share this good news. He says, then I will, I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. If you are not backslidden, you've got the joy of the Lord, you will be winning souls, you will be witnessing, you will be praying, you will be happy about Jesus. But if you have backslidden, church is boring, church is dead. I, you know, I don't want to pray. I don't want to talk about Jesus. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Sinners will not be converted. And I have found in my travels around the world that 80% of most Christians, yes, that's including you looking at me right now, 80% of most Christians have not yet led one soul to Jesus. Think about that. You have not led a soul to Jesus. You're not, you're not winning souls for Jesus. And don't give me the excuse by saying, I'm not called to do that. That's a big fat lie. Because Jesus spoke to his disciples. And Jesus said that all his disciples are to go out. The, what is the word disciple? It is a follower of Jesus. If you say, well, how do I qualify as a disciple? If you believe in Jesus, that he is the son of God, that God raised him from the dead. If you've asked Jesus to come and live in your heart, guess what? You are born again and you become a disciple, a follower of Jesus. It's as simple as that. And God expects you to do this. He expects you to go out and to minister this gospel. Listen, I want to pray for you, friend. Time runs out so quickly and I want to pray for you uh, today. And if you feel that you have backslidden and you've lost your first love and that hunger and that passion for Jesus, then I want to pray for you that you could give your heart to Jesus today. Come back to Jesus so that he can fill you with his Holy Spirit so that he can use you to his honor and glory. Would you like to pray with me? Would you like to confess Jesus and ask him to come into your heart? I would like you to pray this with me. Won't you stretch your hands out to me and, and pray this after me out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, 
Please forgive me all my sins. Wash me in your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Lord, I have backslidden. I have grown cold in my walk with you. And today I pray, Father God, that I can return to you. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Son of God and that God raised Jesus from the dead. Lord Jesus, I ask you, come and live in my heart. I receive you as my God, my Savior, and my very best friend. Thank you for saving me today, Lord. And my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I know that I will spend eternity with you in heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray this. Amen and amen. Hey, if you pray that prayer, think about it. You are now born again. You have come back to Jesus. Now I want to pray a fire upon you. I want to pray the Holy Ghost baptize you in the name of Jesus. The God empower you that you can go out and share this good news with people. Do, do you want a fresh baptism, an infilling of the Holy Ghost? Stretch your hands out towards me. Father, I pray that every person that is watching this program right now, whether they just got saved or they've been saved a long time, I pray, Father, that you will fill them up with your blessed Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, the Amplified says, Lord, that we must be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And I pray for a baptism right now. I pray for the fire of God to come upon every viewer right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for a, a zeal, a hunger like never before for people to turn back to God, Lord, and to go out and do the work of the ministry in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill them. Holy Spirit, anoint them. Holy Spirit, empower them in the name of Jesus. And I trust you, God, for a big work that is going to take place after this teaching in Jesus name and Lord I pray for those who are sick in their bodies I pray for those Lord who have become weak and who are struggling with all forms of sicknesses and diseases and I know Lord that Satan is the father of lies and that Satan comes to steal to kill and to destroy so I rebuke every sickness that is upon the viewers I rebuke deaf ears I rebuke blind eyes I rebuke cancers I rebuke uh, a backs that are hurting and, and hearts that are broken. Father, I rebuke the works of Satan now in the name of Jesus. I command those evil spirits of fear and of doubt and of unbelief. Get out in the name of Jesus. Loose the people right now in Jesus' name. You have no right to hold these Christians captive. I plead the blood of Jesus over everyone, Father. I loose your divine healing. I release your fire, your power, your glory upon your people now in Jesus' name. God, my Father, I pray, heal them all. Jesus, heal them all so that they could be your voice on the earth today. In Jesus' name I pray. We love you. We'll catch you next week again. Bye-bye. You can make a difference by partnering with us, a ministry with a heart for the lost, by visiting our website, www.dionhockey.org. You will also receive exclusive content from the ministry as a thank you from Pastor Dion Hockey. 
Remember to subscribe and follow our social media pages for updates, sermons, and more information on the ministry. Thank you for listening and see you next time.